Yes, guys, it's Luke Telma, and I'd like to welcome you to The Crunch. The podcast for health, fitness, mindset, success, and more. Let's get into today's episode. Yes, guys, episode four. Welcome back to The Crunch podcast. And today, I have my first ever guests. You guys know who they are. Winners of Britain's Got Talent, the champions. Welcome, Twist and Pulse, guys. Hey! How's it going, guys? Good, thanks. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem at all. Also, first podcast that I'm filming. Uh, So, yeah, today we're going to be talking about a winner's mindset, uh, going through everything from the start of your journey to where you are now. Um, Obviously, we know you met in college and all things like that, but for people that don't know you, just introduce yourselves quickly, uh, you know, individually. Yes, so I'm Ash, Ashley, um, I'm Twist and Twist and Pulse. And I'm Glenn, so obviously it makes me the Pulse. <laughs> so Twist and Pulse, we'll start it off because I think a lot of people obviously know you just from Britain's Got Talent and a few other things that you've done. But I think talking about winner's mindset, the thing that I found really intriguing uh, to start the podcast off was that it wasn't actually Twist and Pulse that you started off with when you first went on to Britain's Got Talent. Um, am I right in saying you actually both tried three times before? Yeah, three yeah. times. The people need to hear more about that. That's crazy. Take me back to like your first times, both of you. What, what happened there? Sweet. So so my times were, so I, so it's actually twist speaking, just so you understand whose story it is. <laughs> um, so the very first time, I actually auditioned with one of my other good good friends called Manny which obviously you know who Manny is shout out to Manny Um, so I auditioned with him as a duo which is mad but um, the name the name of our duo was actually Twist and Little Bit so Manny's nickname (laughs) Manny's nickname was Little Bit and so my name hadn't changed like I was still Twist then yeah but it's just the fact that it was called Twist and Little Bit, which sounds so different now because <laughs> yeah. obviously everyone knows Twist and Pulse. So, yeah. But um, it's so weird. I've still got the letter. So recently when I moved house and I had to sort out my loft, I come across loads of letters and I've actually got a letter from BGT saying that we're so sorry, but Twist and Little Bit haven't made it through this oh, time. no way. Blah, blah, blah. But I still kept the letter just because it was a part of the journey, innit? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, that was my first year, and that was the year. I'm trying to think what year that was in terms of who George won. Samson, it? Was it yeah. yeah. Oh, the year so George that... Sampson. So Dance actually won. As yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that year, George Sampson won, and obviously, so me and Manny didn't even get past the producer stage. Right? Oh, so you didn't even get to the judges? No, we didn't even oh, get wow. to the TV stage. So we're like, okay, fair enough. Like, no worries. Like, it's fine. And then the next year come about. And me and Manny were obviously a part of a dance group um, from my hometown in Thamesmead called Mystical, mm-hmm. which obviously you know a lot about. Yeah. He was in the younger group. Um, so we auditioned with them for the next year. And yeah, we didn't we didn't get through the producer stage again. So again, you didn't get to the judges. We still didn't see Simon Cow in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this right. You auditioned twice. Yeah. Once as a duo. Twist a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> then with Mr. Call. Yeah. Both times you got rejected. Yeah. Both times you didn't make it on the telly. Yeah. And then the third time is obviously where you was with Glenn, right? Yeah, yeah. So the third year. Okay, before that, did you try first though, before yeah. we go into the Twist and Pulse? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And then yeah. Can... So yeah, what did you do before? Because that was your side before you got to actually the Twist and Pulse stage. What about you, Glenn? Sorry, uh, sorry. And just to add, the twist and little bit stage, I didn't even know Glenn. How mad is that? I didn't even know. <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't even know he existed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's mad. That's mad. That's Sorry. crazy. Yeah, I did. I did the first time as a solo. So I you made, did it on your own. I made my own mix. I made my own like costume, rolled up, queued with my mum. <laughs> whole day there. I did the producer round. And what was your name? I don't even know. If it was think, Pulse, yeah. I think it was, was it still Pulse? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah, it was Pulse because I had my, my shirt with my name on the back. Love that. And um, yeah, I did that. And then they even was like, oh, do you sing? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. 
and there's RD Mike coming back and singing. And I went down, I went down. I don't even think I know this. You don't know this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you do. I don't think and I, I went, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then he was like, oh, can you come back later and sing? And I, and I went down the hall and I practiced a song. What song? <laughs> Usher, Bedtime. Banger, that is so really? banger. Oh, okay. yeah. I practiced it for like half an hour or, or an hour or something. And then I went back and sung. And this guy just sitting there with the little stereo. And then I just walked out and he was like, oh, well done, it was great, and left. And yeah, didn't get through. And obviously that year, George Sampson won. Oh, so it was the then, same year? Yeah. And then after that, obviously, George Sampson went on to like bring out like two songs like, pretty much straight after he won. So they obviously had an idea of something that would be okay, and, and, and a brand, like a young guy that can dance and sing and all that sort of stuff. So they obviously had that in mind. Um, and then the next year, I competed with my group at the time, Peridot. I've been with them five years. Mm-hmm. And um, we got through the producers' round, got to the judges' round, and we got three S's. Oh, okay. And yeah, they just... They so just basically, you did better than Ashley at this basically, point, yeah. so far. <laughs> so, more, yeah. so And it was, it was amazing. Like, the response was epic. I remember being so hyped on it. And um, yeah, they kind of just said we're not taking you through going to the next bit and um yeah third year came around and i remember checking around with like paradox i still with them at times saying oh are you guys going to do it again they're like no it's not up we did it last time and didn't get through didn't happen so so kind of gave up yeah we kind of met already and we've been talking about it so our journey kind of begun from that and did it not knock you at all both of you knowing that you both tried two times prior and I guess you had a bit more success with it, Glenn, but it didn't really work out. Yeah. So the thing I'm interested in, I think a lot of people will be interested in is, like you said, with some of the guys in your group, what made you then go, do you know what, we've tried twice, what's the point? Like, what what, what changes that? I think it's, uh, the hardest thing is that I don't think you understand it at the time. Like when we was doing it, I didn't have a logical mindset of like, I'm doing this again because I will not be defeated by the nose. Like I didn't really have that. Okay. We were just the, the kind of people that didn't let anything stop us, I guess. We were already those two people. So whereas like, like Perido did end up doing it that year, but at the time they had obviously already kind of thought, oh, this isn't for us again. I'm wanting to find a new venture. So their mindset wasn't defeat. It was, that's not for us. So let's find what is for us. Whereas deep down, I think we knew it was for us. It just wasn't our time. Okay. And I think it was about figuring out what it was that was the right thing. Like we was obviously going down the right path, but just not in the right way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it just found us obviously, t- it took us time to discover what the right way was, I guess. And it, it took the kind of mistakes for us to realize, okay, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Maybe this works. And okay. Like, the persistence really just, yeah. you knew what you had individually. And again, eventually as a duo worked, but you knew deep down that what you did is pulse worked. Yeah. You knew what you did is twist worked. Yeah. But just trying to find what, what made that blossom into, I guess what, what yeah. happened afterwards. Right. Yeah. And I think it's quite like what people get confused with. I feel like is people think persistence is like, going at the same thing and just trying to come up with what that person wants. So instead of like, I could have just went away and started like, oh, maybe they need like a flamenco fusion with a, and, <laughs> and, I, need to, and I need to be a plumber to do it. And then, and then they do it and oh, then they okay. end up winning and doing it and then realizing that isn't what, like, yeah, they got the goal, but the goal is now not who, what you're about. Like just making so being persistent, but also not just changing and jeopardizing kind of your authenticity as like what you do and changing to be something completely different just because Britain's Got Talent are looking for that kind of thing. Because it's very easy to see George Sampson on one year and then the next year go and be George Sampson again. But it wasn't about that. It was just about like, we love this again. This felt good and exciting. So maybe this is something we want to be successful in. So let's try that rather than, oh, maybe we need to try a duo. Maybe we need oh, to like, we never, okay. we never had that kind of thought pattern. So it was um, more natural yeah. with it, with yeah. it happening. What about for you? Did you feel knocked at all? Like when you come off two sort of not or two knockbacks, we didn't even get on TV, right? Yeah, I feel like I did. Like, I feel like I did feel a little bit disheartened, I guess, because we got two no's, like not even to get onto the TV stage. So it's a little bit like, what's the point in doing it for the third time? Because the same thing's going to happen. But as Glenn just mentioned, there was something about like the duo thing, like with Twist and Pulse that felt like 
like it felt right to do it. And going back, sorry, to what Glenn was saying, obviously Perido decided not to do it. And at the time I joined Perido as well. So we were like, oh, if they're not doing it, that's fine. Mm. But I remember with Mystical, they were still a little bit undecided if they were going to do it. Because obviously the year before we'd done it as a crew yeah. and we got three no's. Like, and we didn't even, sorry, we didn't get past the producer stage. Yeah. So they were a bit disheartened and we were disheartened as a group. So that's why it felt right for us to do it as a duo because it just felt like, well, we've both tried in our groups and Glenn even got that one step further of getting the three yeses in Hammersmith Apollo and it was amazing. Like you said, it was buzzing and blah, 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 but they yeah. still didn't put them through. So I think a duo for us was different, but the energy, I just remember exactly how it feels now and even like newer stuff, the energy just felt right to do it as a duo this time. Is it like when you hear producers talk about making music and I think there's one I heard recently about when Dr. Dre found Eminem and he said there was just something about the yeah. way he worked and the way Eminem worked and you felt the energy and it just clicked. Yep. Is that the kind of chemistry you felt when you guys started doing your stuff together and you went on the show, it just kind of yeah. went, okay, this yeah. is right. And again, I don't think it was like conscious of us. It wasn't a week like Wednesday in the room and rehearsals going, oh my God, this is really good. It was like everyone else felt that it was something. We oh, that's special. Yeah. That is special. Like we were just dancing because it was, what it was we fun doing it. Because you loved it. But right? it's things like the colours, like the red, white, and blue. Like we didn't sit there with colour palettes and coming out with a costume. We just wore opposite colours. Sometimes pink and yellow. Sometimes black and white. Yeah. Sometimes red and blue. We just chose to wear red and blue. We got there on the day, and it was like, oh, I love how you got the Union Jack, like the flag, England, like. Like, so it we almost like, happened a little so bit by worked. accident yeah but it's just because of the energy you guys brought that passion from the first time you went on to now and as you said it was persistent and consistent it just evolved into what what happened on the show this right? is where that like, you have i'm quite a big believer in like what's meant to be because like even just twist pulse they're both five letters they're both one syllable like they're both I, like it could have been twist so. and bobby I just could have had. I just could have been, <laughs> could have been my name, Tristan Frank. No, it could have been I really love that. And dynamite explosion. It could have been the most random of names, but they just they just did worked. work together. And again, we never sat down and chose a name for our act. You had that before from the first time you yeah. both auditioned. Yeah, it I was just that. a name, and someone said, "Oh, you guys are on stage. What's your act name?" And we remember going, "Oh, we don't have one. Don't worry, just give me your name, Twist Pulse. Next up is Twist and Pulse. And ah, it sounds. Whereas it could have been, exactly what's your name, Twist? What's your name? Oh, Benji. Oh, next up is Twist and Benji. <laughs> you you know? just don't have that same. Yeah. But again, it was unconscious. Like, it was, <laughs> Did you it say Benji? I don't know. I was trying to think. It could have been like the, a really like. Shout out name. to Benji though yeah. from Paradise. Shout, Shout out to Benji. <laughs> but it could have been. It could have been something completely different. Benji we could have done well, but it could have always had that little thing of like, oh, you need to change your name. But we'd never come across yeah. that because it was just right. Love it was that. Right at the right time. And all we cared about was dance and the music and making the best like performance that we could do. We didn't like, like I said, we didn't ever have a business meeting about the name or the costumes or the start. It just happened. And do you know what as well, saying about like the whole name thing, because you see these groups on like X Factor and they get put together and Dynamite they think of their name. But, yeah, yeah, but they have to change their name because it's not quite right. And going back to everything that Glenn was just saying, like, everything happened naturally like we didn't ever plan anything obviously we rehearsed and we we knew what we were doing yeah but everything just happened without any fault really just like oh it makes sense to do this right and we just done it and that's it special though that doesn't always come along no. i say because i feel like it can be so like people aim to please what they think mm. needs to be done as opposed to just doing what feels right and it naturally will take its course but yeah. this is when you're talking about like the mindset of like where was your head at and stuff but that's the difference because mindset isn't always sitting down and thinking about your mindset and planning something sometimes your mindset is just do what you love because when you're in the mindset of loving something the right things fall into place 100%. i think that's really important to listen to anyone watching this either on video or on spotify itunes whatever is that you don't have to necessarily plan everything right it's a passion that you guys have and whether it's dance and whatever career you're in you need to make sure that you're passionate about it yeah. and as long as you're consistent doing what you're doing and you don't even necessarily plan everything out that passion will guide you yeah. and attract the things that you need to yourself and that's the strongest mindset because i always like i've got a few friends that like are kind of really into kind of motivational stuff and watching the videos and stuff but their mindset 
is getting motivated, but then they spend all their time watching motivational videos and they haven't okay. actually, like if they're writing script, they want to be a film writer. And I'm like, have you written any scripts? No, but like I watched this, like I did this course just now, I watched this video of like Tony Robbins, our thing, and I feel pumped. And it's like, then it's a week later, but they just watched more motivational. So yeah. the mindset's okay. right about being, yeah. that's what they want to do. And they want to be pumped. They're at the start running. line, but they're not running. But then, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so they're just still stretching And you're never going to get like, to the finish line, whatever you see that is, if you're not moving, right? Yeah, yeah, but sometimes you have to run the race and then afterwards someone come up to you and be like, oh, that was really cool. And then they take you, and that's how okay. the, the thing grows. So get moving. Yeah. Have action. Don't just think about what you're going to do. Yeah. Act on it. Yeah. And I think that's a really good quote I heard recently about um, it's something like, don't aim to be perfect, just aim to start. Oh, 100%. And I think it, that's kind of what you guys did. And I think, you know, it's quite obvious what happened from there, um, not to numb it down too much, but a lot of people know this. So you went through as a duo, you got your three yeses. Yeah. You got through to the live shows in the yeah. semifinals. Did you win that show? Now we come second. No, as in... Oh, the, sorry, the semi-final. The semi-final. The semi-final, we got... So, a lovely lady called Janie Cutler, mm -hmm. who's actually passed away now, rest in peace, but she won that semi-final. And you got the vote afterwards, yeah, which sorry. then took you to the finals. Yeah. And then you came second to Spellbound, yeah. which was a acrobatics gymnastics group, yeah. right? Yeah. My first question is, and by the way, that's a fantastic achievement in itself. Thank um, you. Sir. And I was there... Uh, supporting the whole yeah. way, of course. Um, did you think he was gonna win? No, no, not one percent. See, I find that so interesting. We was in the audience watching the tech run on Spellbound, and we said they're gonna win. We see Edwards, one of the members, get flown over the judges, and He's then flying, there, There's a human flying in the TV studio, and you think that we can win. Okay, I'm gonna ask you, you a question that that you you may disagree with. Do you think the fact that you already thought you wasn't gonna win contributed to the fact that you didn't win? Is yeah. it like, you, cause you didn't fully believe in yourself that you'd win the performance, even though it was banging, cause I saw it live. Mm. Do you think that plays a part or not? Uh, the belief was different, I think, cause it wasn't that we didn't believe we wouldn't win, it was that we believed that we'd already done enough, if that makes sense. So all it felt like was a showcase. Which, which will be interesting, I think, later when we talk about kind of what's happening now. Yeah. Remember what I'm saying now. Yeah. But at the time, we already felt like we had won. We achieved we the that we wanted to. Talent, and we were going on tour because it was the top 10. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, it, we were done. We right, were so yeah. in the bank and, and speaking about like the energy and how we felt from the semis to the final, the semis, we were competing. Yeah. Like we were literally like our mindset was we are getting through this semi-final, so we make the final, we make the top 10, we go on the arena tour, and we've achieved what what we set out to achieve. Yeah, so for you guys that aren't aware, um, when Ashley and Gled did the show the first time, if you got into the final 10 it was, right? Yeah. You got onto the Britain's Got Talent tour, and that means you, even if you didn't win, you got to tour all around the country, Tens of thousands got of paid, um, that was your little group. Yeah. So there was kind of a, a big achievement already financially, but also you got to the final and you're touring already. Yeah. So I guess as you're saying for you guys, you kind of already won. Yeah. Like plus never had like we never had the feeling when we didn't win that oh like there was never a dwelling of oh at we all. Won. We didn't like you know like, you could be really down like oh so we didn't like we were so buzzing about coming second like it was ridiculous. I literally remember. So Kieran Gaffney, who was a drummer, Do he came third. Yeah. So I can't remember exactly of the ordering because they obviously line up all the 10 finalists and back then, Ant and Deck were just announced the top three. And I think they announced, I think they announced Spellbound first. Say, say they uh, announced Spellbound first, then they announced Kieran Gaffney and then they announced us. So we're standing there as a three. And we're already thinking, without even discussing, because we're live on TV. Oh my God, we come third. We come third. We come third. We're top three. Oh, sick, we awesome. literally come top three. This is amazing. Then they announced. So you was already happy, even if you was top three. I'm happy, like I could, if I could the... do the back, I would have done ten. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Over the moon. And then they were like, "Oh, third place, Kieran Gaffney." And then and I we were thinking, like, "Oh my God, we come second. We've come second. second. And do you know what? I feel like 
I feel like I didn't even think that we won once. I did. I definitely thought, oh my god, we might actually win. And then they called the name, but then I didn't feel like. But it was like, you wasn't disheartened by at that. all. I was okay. so happy. Second, out of think of how many people you see on TV. There's millions, queuing, right? Millions no of people queues. queue in them long queues. Because I think that's the difference when when you're talking about winners' mindset. I, I want to take taking it back to your time before you, but we had won. So we still had a winner's Because you set your own aim, yeah. which was compared to what you did before, not even getting to say judges, to then go live shows, Let's change our lives finals, yeah. top three, yeah. tour, in comparison to those things, it was a win. Yeah. It, it wasn't a loss. Yeah. And I think as you said, and we'll get to it, it's a very interesting concept for you guys now, I know that they, uh, Ashley and Glenn went back on to BGT The Champions, but we'll get into that and we'll see how oh, your mindset changed from then yeah. uh, uh, to now, which I think is interesting. 100%. So, I want to go into now, after you came second, obviously you was elated, you was very successful. I remember you guys were doing shows all the time. I want to know if you've got any like funny or like embarrassing stories like this happened, because obviously you performed be all, all, all over the world. <laughs> I just think, because I know you guys so well, it's always a laugh and a joke, as you can see already. Um, but there must be some fun things that may have happened that people don't know about, that, that happened on tour or something like that. That would be really cool to know. Um, yeah, we've got hundreds of stories. We've had some where it's more so that uh, the venues or the places that we go to aren't quite what we think they are. So we've done one, I think it was Liverpool, and it was a club, and um, they showed us kind of our performance area, and it was basically the windowsill. <laughs> when I say when I say windowsill, what do you mean? As in the size of a windowsill. So I'm trying to think what's that? A meter, <laughs> like 30, two, 30, two ruler, not even yeah. ruler and a half. Yeah, probably two rulers at the at the absolute. Did you say two rulers? Yeah, two the school rulers, rulers, the 30 centimeter school ruler from secondary school, two of them. And and then not only that, they're like you're up there. Okay, that's already mad. On top of that, there was a column in between. So we had to stand on either side. <laughs> so we're basically just dancing by ourselves. And oh then on top God. of that, it was obviously covered in like alcohol and stuff. And we were wearing all white. Oh. We obviously did that, the call on me, we laid on our side, did the call on me, got up, and one side of us was completely <laughs> black. <laughs> completely black. Oh no. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest experience. That was mad. I'm trying to think of some others. We've got so many. There's one where we went to do someone's birthday party and oh. we, we uh we got dressed and everything we got in the car went into like a back room they said all right it's in the other room we're going to play the music so that it's a, we, a surprise isn't it's it? a surprise so we're just going to press play and then shout on you and you're going to run in perform yeah we're obviously imagining you know like a bit of a hall circle tables people sat around the tables for the birthday yeah yeah birthday girl in there kind of thing um it's a big building really big building and um they press play and the guys you're like, quick go in we open the door just run in and it was basically like someone's front room. <laughs> and they were stood like, about a metre in front of a us. A metre. About like, five girls, a photographer and like the dad. Like you wouldn't be able to do that now because it needs to be two metres. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then it was just our music playing on a tiny little stereo in the corner. Oh like, my God. And they were standing like this distance apart between us. And we had to do our full on twist and pulse routine. Your face. You're so embarrassed even now. But the thing is, if you'd gone to a gig, and it, usually you go in and check the stage and then we have like, but obviously we didn't have, and we couldn't talk about it because the music was already playing. So we were just dancing both in our heads going, oh my God, what are we? <laughs> Thinking what are we about that now, I can't believe we didn't check the space. Yeah, because it was a surprise. And we didn't have anyone else. Like sometimes we've had a tour manager, so he's gone in and we checked the space. No, not at that gig. We did. We didn't. Oh There's no God. way Dean or Andy or whoever it was. I remember us waiting in the waiting room it was like a little fire exit room. We literally got out of our car, come through the back door, because it was a surprise, standing there, and the dad kept coming out. Oh. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and we had about a minute on our soundtrack of intro, so we could hear it. Obviously, it's just the stereo was just behind the door. Oh no. Run into the room, and then I love things standing like that, there. But I think they're the kind of things, talking about being winners, though, it moulds you, because you're more adaptive to do anything anywhere right so whether you've got yeah, a meter apart in front of five girls and their dad yeah or you've got a windowsill yeah. <laughs> or a big stage you yeah. you just do what you need and to do right let me just say that those surprise birthday one 
and even some club PAs and things like that, because the people are about a meter away from you, they're the most nerve-wracking ones because it's so personal. And you can Whereas see people's expressions. You, you can, can see, see them talking to each like other. they're looking almost at times. I think, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> but but we're, we're there. Not that you're on stage and you've been booked to go there or anything like but that. But it's because why? most like normal people that are not in the performing arts industry, I've never performed usually think, oh, surely the O2 Arena gig was your most nerve-wracking gig because it's so big, but it's not. Because you're on stage, you can't even see anyone, all the lights are in your face. And a lot of music. And yeah. The personal ones where someone's looking into your soul. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're doing the joke and you can see all five people and none of them are laughing. Oh! oh! Do you know what I mean? Or you do like a flip and no one goes, woo, or cheers afterwards because the five of them, they're oh, just looking at you. Like, so they're just watching like this. Or, or we get into the, going back to the birthday party one, we get into the cheeky girl's joke. Listen, me and my man are shimmying to each other. Five girls are watching us a metre away and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's no roar of like, <laughs> that's oh so funny. No, they're, like, almost, they're almost just about smirking. <laughs> and they're like, we are the cheeky. For nah, God's man. sake. But they're all part of the journey, right? And that's, that's it yeah. makes things like this now funny when you can look back on it and stories, hundreds of them, different kind of venues and things that have happened where we've gone and just done the most maddest performances. And you was in you was in China, wasn't you, for a little while? How long was yeah, you in China for? Three months in three months. Two thousand and thirteen, I think that was. Wow. Again, different experience, completely amazing experience. But yeah, incredible experience. It was basically like like China's version of like Got to Dance or BGT. So you guys have done some amazing shows. I mean, you've done that. You did obviously the BGT tour. Um, you had the Olympic torch relay. So yeah. in London 2012, um, the Olympic torches were obviously going around the country and you guys were booked in every every day, every right? Night, yeah. Every night to do a, a performance. And how yeah. many different places? 67 in the end. 67 different places. 67 consecutive, consecutive dates. dates, which yes. means. Yeah, just make sure you've got that, guys. Consecutive. That's not a joke. Yeah. I find that quite hard to say, consecutive. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. Well done. Consecutive. Yeah, that's right, guys. Good job. Um, but you've done some amazing gigs, um, and obviously you've done your own tour, um, which we'll get onto as well, talking about the now. But from a fitness perspective, obviously that's part of what I do is lean with Luke as well. How do you prep for, how, how many was it, 60, seven. 67 consecutive days? What kind of prep as a dancer, but also to you guys individually, would you do to prep yourself for something like that? Because that's unreal. I mean, you yeah. can train your six days a week and have your rest day, but yeah. a performance, as I know, because I've danced as well, is very different. Um, what do you do for that? We always say that there's nothing really that can prepare you for it apart from doing it. Okay. Yeah. So like in terms of like relating back to gym and fitness and stuff, like I could run on the treadmill every single day for a month leading up to the 67 consecutive date tour and I do the first performance and I'm breathing like I've never worked out before in my life. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing of like... Um, when you go to the gym every day, if you do 10 press-ups, at some point you can do 12 and at some point you can do 15 because you're doing the same thing. But unless you're doing the dance... Exactly your body, how you're doing it. Exactly how you're doing it. Your body doesn't understand what it needs to do until you've done it. So once you do the dance 10 times, the 11th time is easier. So yeah. it's, it's basically like feeling. working, let's say your biceps, for example. If you want your biceps to grow, you do your bicep curls. And because you're consistently working that muscle, it develops. In your case, it is literally... Obviously, those things help doing push-ups, running, yeah. etc. But the bottom line is, unless you do that dance, which is say the muscle, over and over again, full out full every out, time, your body doesn't get used to it. So yeah. mainly, it's just rehearsing what you do then. Yeah, because you can obviously keeping fit is obviously good for you anyway. And if there are things that are going to help if you're doing a certain lift, then you need to be strong. Like obviously, being strong helps, but you can't prep yourself for the dynamics of the twisting and jumping and like lifting and swinging your arms in certain way. Like, it just isn't a way of doing it without you doing it. And it's the muscle memory of like learning how to ride a bike or do a flip. Your body has to know what intensity you need 
in order to jump and pull your knees up as quick as you need to do okay. with the rotation. It needs to know those exact mathematical inputs into your yeah. body to do that. So you can't mimic the timing, can you? Yeah. You like can't mimic that in the gym. No. No, you have to dance, you right? You have to dance to do it. Like, you can tell yourself, I need to breathe a lot, and I can do a lot of cardio to breathe better, but it doesn't change the fact that my muscle needs to tense, relax, tense, relax, like in okay. these split seconds, yeah. you understand that sort of feeling. So did working out, you know, in terms of dance that much, get you into any trouble in terms of injuries and things like that? Because like any sort of athlete, which I call you guys, you know, you dance athletes, did you come under any sort of pain or injury? Uh, during any of this sort of time? I'll leave this question to Claire. Uh, okay. Well, this is, it's quite a funny question because we laugh about it because I've always got some sort of injury. But people but, probably don't know that though, right? Yeah, because no. everything you do still looks so crisp and perfected. That's that's the mad thing that... If you knew what I was going through and some of the yeah. performances people have seen, they're, they're, like, it's crazy. It's like I feel like that's what's important. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's part of you know being a winner of whatever you're doing, even just being a winner for yourself. And I think that's why it's going to be so important to let people know this because I think some people may just look at you and go, oh, they're young and mm. they dance and they're fit. So it's all good. Of course, they're going to be able to dance like that and keep it consistent. Yeah. But that really wasn't the case. No, no, and a lot of the things weren't weren't exactly dance-based. They were more things that I was doing to try and progress what we were doing, whether it was going to gymnastics. So I, I tore my abs doing a back tuck in gymnastics. You tore your abs? I tore my lower abs, yeah. Oh, the, oh do I think I remember that. I've ever been through in my life. Um, I just did a back tuck. I, I felt it rip like bubble, bubble wrap. Oh. Um, and I went to the toilet and then I passed out. And next thing I knew I was in an ambulance and getting an MRI and stuff. And it was the worst thing ever. But then we had a gig the next Saturday in Trafalgar Square for the NFL. And Listen, when I tell you, yeah, Glenn is a madman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll let you continue the story, but I'm Sorry. just saying the amount of times this guy has injured himself, he's not like a clumsy person or anything and he gets injured, he's just not been fortunate with not having injuries. But he always... He always continues to carry on, which, which in my eyes is like a true, that is a true trooper, like he's a soldier. And as much, obviously, if it was actually hurting him that much that he couldn't do it anymore, like he was going to break his leg if he'd done a performance, he's never done anything like that. But in terms of, he's managed to still perform or do the gig or continue with the injury blows my mind like i don't know how he feels but obviously he tells me how he feels well, you would be a, you'd be surprised how many times two minutes before we walked on stage i'm on the floor and i haven't moved it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like i'm not moving until the moment when i go guys you're up next and then i go so you've obviously had quite bad injuries as you said something like yeah. that about your abs i think your back as well oh, yeah and my, basically because i tore my abs but sorry of, going back to that story we went and done the Trafalgar Square gig, and he done it. Oh, and so it was you a week finished after. it Yeah, yeah, I done it. But the issue was then is that because my abs were torn, all the movement I was using, I was using my back Compensating. to compensate for the fact that my core wasn't engaging. So I was using my back muscles, which then Happens. hurt my back, and now I've got basically a chronic back injury that doesn't go away. It's just every single day it it hurts, and it's something that comes keeps coming back and if I do long periods at Pretty Pantomime I've had the moments where again I'm I go on stage, do a dance, come off and lay on the floor and cry for ten minutes until the line like two lines before I'm about to go on stage and then I get up and I run on and do the next line. So that's what I find interesting and I also think you're a soldier for that as well because you know dancing or doing anything through that sort of pain is horrible. What is it that makes you carry on? What because a lot of people like you could stop, right? You could cancel yeah. a gig, you could let someone else do something. Obviously, you're a duo, but what sets you apart from a lot of other people to do that? I think it's quite a few things. Like, one is just a personal thing. Like, my dad is the most competitive person on the planet. Like, if you do 10 press ups, he'll do 11. He's just <laughs> that person. Like, I saw him not last week, the week before, and as I went to say bye, he said, How many press ups have you been doing lately? I said, Like 30. He was like, Yeah, I can do 35. And he did <laughs> I and love we did, that. And we did press up before we left the house <laughs> to see who could do the most. That's yeah. just who we are. So I'm that person anyway. But in terms of like performing, my thing is that the people have paid for a certain show, and who am I to not give them the show that they paid for? Like, I'm not the person that will go and be like, Oh, just take out that move and don't do the flip today, or 
take out that that bit and just or cut that bit like I just don't because yesterday I did that for them and they got seen they paid the same money as the people that are sitting there now so Interesting. How, how can I give them a different show it's the same way reason I'll always give 100% because you could be tired one day but the audience are there to see something and you're not only representing yourself like you're like you're representing each other you're representing the company you're representing whoever you work for and yeah and I just think we're in a privileged position to be doing something that we love and people pay us to do it so like, I'm not being, I'm, they're not asking me to, I've got broken fingers and they're asking me to type out a Sainsbury's delivery for 12 hours. Like, it's, I'm not like hating my life, like I love doing it, so. So the passion helps as yeah, well. Yeah, you, Yeah, and I think that's a really important principle to follow whoever you are, whatever job you have in your life, because let's take myself, for example, as a personal trainer. If I come in and I've had an awful day, or I'm aching or something, I still can't see my client and just sit down there like a sloth and go, yeah, five of them. Like, you still need to give energy to that person because I am, like you, I'm that product. This is what I'm, people are paying for. Mm. And you have a certain standard that you set yourself yeah. and that doesn't slip. And yeah. I think people not only see that, but they appreciate it massively. Mm. And also if you can perform and do things like that when you feel like injured, what are you like when you're, do you know what I mean? How good are you when things feel yeah. good? And I think that's setting a good standard. One thing that literally you just said, and it reminds me of something that you told me before, and it's always stuck with me when we teach like workshops or anything like that. But I was training with you one time and I remember you saying um, about like some personal trainers will sit down, like some personal trainers are sitting down and encouraging their client to work out but the personal trainer sitting down so already that's not helping that's like they're tired so they're sitting down but then you're trying to motivate someone to keep fit and healthy yeah, so already to do that that's what i mean you're representing your job so you by you giving that energy that's what i hate if i if i take a class in the gym and someone's shouting at me like personal trainer was shouting at me to do more but I thought you haven't done it. Like I you said this to someone that I'd rather get down next to me and go, come on, do one yeah, more like, with me. Like that's, that's set pace, set yeah. example. And those examples are are like true examples of experience. Like exactly what Glenn just said. I told that story to uh, our brother Oliver the other week, and I said it's about and going back to yourself. It's about finding something and someone that works for you. There's no point in going to a class. And you've got to do 20 press-ups but the instructor says oh yeah press-ups go and they do two and they stand up and they're like come on guys like you can do it but actually it works better if i see the instructor doing the 10 press-ups like you with your instagram live workouts at the minute yeah you're doing the workout which i don't know how you do i don't like, i don't actually understand how you're doing the workout <laughs> and you're still encouraging people mm. Because I'm doing the workout and I can't even talk because I'm panting so much. <laughs> but you're still going, come on guys, I can see you. Like, it's the same people. thing. It's really funny and thank you for that. It's exactly what you said. I'm on live. People have tuned in. They want yeah. a good workout. I need to show one authoritative that I'm I'm the pro. Yeah. I'm the PT. Yeah. You're, this is why you're here. You're the me. example. I can't just stand and go, yeah, guys, it's really tough today. If you carry on doing five... There has to be a certain standard of what you set out to people that are yeah. invested in you. You know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard, like, without blurring the lines into other things, but it's like I find, like, the whole point in, like, personal trainer is if I see pictures of you and how you've worked on your body and stuff, then that's how I want to work. But you've got people that don't, don't put in their own work. Do you know what I mean? Like, you look after yourself on a daily basis, so mm. when you teach people to look after themselves, you are a representation of your work. Yes, like it's so visual, you can see it. Yeah, and I think we're the same, we're dancing. So if we, we're dancing in you know, a pantomime or a t uh, tour, and we have other dancers and other performers around us, if we're doing it half, then we're gonna, they're gonna expect to be yeah. okay doing half. Whereas yeah. if we're doing 150, I'd like to think that other people around us are going, oh God, like, we need to do this a bit more. Yeah, yeah. A bit so more it's just sets that standard, right? That, yeah. That's a standard throughout. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a mind, that mindset, like, like what we're talking about the whole time, to be like that. And injuries, obviously, are something that everyone at some point probably goes through, but it's, it's, your mind is so powerful that you can do stuff that your body's saying you can't do. Mm -hmm. But if you let it defeat you, then 
yeah as i always say where the mind goes the body follows as soon as yeah. you as soon Very as you true. believe that and you you think about that more often you can probably do a lot more in anything that, yeah. than you didn't you realize i completely like basically obliterated my ankle playing football a week before we went on tour and <laughs> i didn't tell ash because i didn't know what to do and i showed up to his house for rehearsals and i couldn't walk Ooh. and we were like what are we going to do and I didn't want to tell the promoter and Ash was just looking at me like I was nuts one, like, one leg performance <laughs> and my whole leg was, was my whole leg was purple and I didn't get nothing done I didn't go physio I didn't go to hospital I didn't do nothing I literally went to a pharmacy I bought the strongest ankle like straps I could buy I wore two of them I undid my laces, laces to, basically I had no laces on my thing because my foot was so sore and it just filled up my trainer <laughs> and then when we got there I walked with the promoters they didn't know i was hobbling along and then i did every single show and came off stage and cried basically <sighs> show. and i had the trainer undone the whole time and we just worked it we just made it happen we're not saying that's the best thing to do guys no no no, <laughs> no, but, no. But no everyone's got their own you know pain threshold and ways they deal with things obviously glenn as a professional someone who's done this for a long while uh can do this um and also he's a certain type of person maybe not yeah. everyone's like yourself yeah, yeah. but like, that's yeah. that's what it's about and I think it's as you said that's what's important to let people know is that it hasn't been a, a easy sailing ship for you no the way. whole time you've got yeah. to push through it being smart about it you know I didn't just kind of go and I don't matter I'm just like I've done every precaution possible yeah. for me to look after it as best I can when I came off I was looking after it like I did everything the smart way and did everything that I knew like I knew if I got to a point that I couldn't do something that I would have changed it and we did adapt the routine and things like that in order like I didn't just go out and just jump around and yeah. no no yeah I literally just smart you know, a bit. did it did it the right way and I think that's you know your own body and I think like Ash is very well when I say I can do it and means I can do it I won't say it otherwise I don't say it to be hard or like to just be the strong it's not ego yeah, yeah, I just know I can do it so yeah so you guys did a lot of shows some injured some uninjured hmm. uh, and from when you came second on Britain's Got Talent to when you did Britain's Got Talent, the champions, what was the time in between those two periods? Nine years. Nine years? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to get back to that number. So I think people will know this as well. You guys went back onto Britain's Got Talent, the champions, yeah. which is where you compete against other people all around the world, which have won and also maybe come what second, third, yeah, or yeah, top like, three, things yeah. like that. And you won. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you bloody won yeah, um, again I was there I lost my voice for about three days because I was shouting so much it was yeah. absolutely amazing the energy there was fantastic so I want to touch on because we're talking about winning you said in previous times on Brings Got Talent you didn't think you was going to win and you was a bit happy you didn't like you top three you toured what changed nine years later with your mindset for this one uh, did you think you was going to win? Um, how did you feel? What would you have thought if you didn't win? Talk to me about that. It was a totally different experience altogether because we were nine years strong. We knew everything about our brand, about our technique, performances, our music. Like We had everything, every category you could think of. We had not mastered, but we got to a point of mastery for ourselves of like our craft of what we knew. And one thing that we knew more than, I guess, everyone that's probably competing is that we had grown up competing. We've been in shoot dance groups, we've been in that, and we've done competitions pretty much every weekend since we were, you know, 16 or so doing competitions. So we had that kind of mindset and that kind of fire already. So as soon as we knew we were going back to a competition, we handled the champions very much like a competition. Okay. Rather than a showcase or... Go on, you look like you know. No, 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 no. Hey. I was just about to say, like, and as professionals, like Glenn said, we've been doing it for nine years, mm. so we knew our brand, brand so so well, and knew each other as people, like so so well, like life experience of nine years. Like, think how much you learn in nine years. Mm -hmm. We've spent so much time together, so we knew each other inside out, which is always going to help what you see on stage, and. We just knew what we wanted. Yeah. We knew exactly what we wanted our dance to look like. We knew what music to use. We knew what formula we had to use. Like we just knew everything. Like there wasn't a part of us was that awesome. was like 
all a bit unsure about this. Even down to the costume, we found out about doing champions, say in March, and it wasn't until July. We started on our costumes in March. We had our costumes, we made them, and then the costume department were like, guys, we got some ideas. And we were like, yeah, we've already. We've done it. We've done it. But everything, like the detail to the costume was insane. Like everything that we did, like we've done it at 110% energy, everything. Yeah, like everything. We knew everything, but we didn't know we were going to win. We knew we could win. So this time, the difference was... We were in it to win it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the first time, we wasn't in it to win it. We were... I remember even saying early doors in 2010, first round of BGT, we were like, do you know what? It'd be amazing if we got three yeses from the judges to get through okay. the audition yeah. and then become second. So you kind of knew what you expected of yourself as well, right? Yeah. And also, I guess, from what we spoke about during the podcast, you've done so many amazing things in so many amazing places it almost sell you short to then go, oh yeah, and then we, we, didn't, we didn't win or we came second again. It was almost yeah. like, right, we've got to level up now. We were at the highest caliber of our career that we could have been at. Like, there was nothing more we could have done in the nine years. We didn't go, ah, oh, drap, we should have spent five years doing that. Like, we had been doing this. And I think, without skipping too far ahead, I think the difference between us and a lot of the acts there was that people got the call and they used the opportunity to showcase where they were at. So if they had a new song out, they were showcasing their new song. Rather than going, how do I beat everyone else in this competition? We created a dance yeah. to beat the competition. We didn't go, oh, what's our favorite dance we've done in the last nine years? Oh, that one was quite good, should we do that one? We literally primed our music and routine for that day that we performed to that audience to beat the people we were against. Whereas yeah. other people said, we maybe should do our latest song from the album, or should we do the charity single we did last year? or Oh, let's do our latest magic act that we did this. Like we catered it to the specific show that we were doing, and it was the op- and it was the opportunity. Like, like that opportunity was so big. I don't actually understand someone's mindset that would be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go on and do a dance we did, a dance we did in 2015, or I'm gonna perform a song." on my album that I quite like, like unreleased track, but I really like it and hopefully a few people enjoy it. Like I don't understand that mindset of an opportunity that big. There was only one way for us that we had to fully, we had to fully go in, like just kill it. I'll tell you what, one thing that probably helped with that though, and you guys will probably agree with me, is that throughout that nine years though, that was your job full time. Yeah. Everything you did was twist and pulse. You leveled up, you did new things, you pushed your limits, you pushed each other you evolved what you did. It might be safe to say that people within nine years or even probably less time than that when they went on the show um, for BGT The Champions didn't have that same consistency and persistence and work ethic. Therefore, when you got to that stage, there was no other option than to give it your best. Whereas for someone who's just sort of been, you know, plodding along, doing bits and bobs here and there, their level hasn't grown much. Whereas I guess for you guys, it's just gone up, up, up. So that nine years was fundamental to you getting where you are, right? You couldn't have done it without being on it for nine years. But that's a long time. Like if you tell me now, Luke, you're doing really well as a trainer right now. Um, Your podcast is great. And in nine years, if you keep doing it, it's going to be number one everywhere. Yeah. In nine years, we will be on your podcast again when it's the number one podcast in the world. Of course. If you do it for nine yes. years. As soon as I'm number one, nine you'll nine. be back on. Yes. But you know, that sounds to me or anyone listening to this or watching, nine years sounds like a long time to yes. keep that up. Yeah. And I think for me personally, what I commend about you both, as I know you both very, very well, is that that's what you've got to keep to be successful. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's about, as you said, keeping that energy and consistency to move yourself and open the doors to opportunity so when they present themselves, you're ready. Yeah, consistency I think is the like, the biggest word out of everything. Obviously like passion and all that stuff, but consistency because it doesn't matter. I could tell you I love podcasts more than anyone in the world, but unless I'm consistent with making them, then it, it means nothing because no one will ever know. The consistency of like making videos or going out performing or making up new dances because we could have done the same dances for 10 years if we were getting bookings. You always add things, I think, to your kind of like your artillery of skills and the more of those that you keep up, then the more you have to show. And yeah. Consistency means that 
it develops it's the same as like if you want to use the kind of like analogy of like when you're doing like cooking or something like that like if you season something and you leave it for longer the longer you leave it it actually sets in and becomes part of that person and i think the more you shoot videos now if we shoot a video it's like it's the easiest thing we know how to set it up we know how to put the yeah. camera we know the angles we've made all the mistakes agree. we trial and error 18 times like problem is people do the first one and look at it and think oh, that's not very good or they do it forget about it look back at it in three months and go oh i didn't like that but it's okay because in 10 years that old one is an old one it doesn't yeah. matter because you've done the new one and the new one looks banging i think that also led for where you guys went next because you won DGT the champions so you leveled up massive amount of exposure you did Anandek Saturday night takeaway yeah which is amazing but the biggest thing that came from that was the twist and pulse live tour yes yeah. 10 years in the tell me how that felt to, to run your own tour obviously you was amazed to do the Britain's Got Talent tour nine years ago but then to nine years later win the show and then have your own tour how did that feel it was amazing it was so amazing that going back to the nine years thing we never put on our own tour in nine years it's crazy we've done a lot of other things but we never ever put on our own tour so for us to win something like the champions and then have the exposure that show did and we won it we knew we had to go on tour Mm. like and that was the perfect time because there's not going to be another time that is as good as that time because we won it so we had to sell tickets and go on tour but we can never ever work out what our tour would be. A two-man dance show. We researched two-man dance tours. We've never found a two-man dance tour because <laughs> I feel like you have to be crazy to do it. Yeah. Which we consider ourselves in the best. Always, we've heard it earlier. Yeah, you, you guys are. So for us to do that, it's all. It, it's always been a bucket list moment for us and everyone has those goals and aims and things like that and that's always been one of our ones but we didn't know how to do it and we always come up with versions where we had to add another acting or more dancers which we still want to do one day but we knew we had to do twist and pulse live on stage and we were going to tour it was just about figuring out the idea and how we could do it but the fact even the way you just intro that question by saying you've had your own tour and dates were sold out, it still it, it still blows my mind that people pay money to come and see us. Mm. After all that time. It's mad. Yeah. It's but this mad. is what's mad is that we have a we have such a good competitive mindset, but our mindset is not great when it comes to realising that people that is the thing. Want to come and see us or do something? So like, well, we always. That's quite like, endearing, though, right? It's a, it's not the egotistical. Yeah, we want. Of course, people are gonna come. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's nice. I think. But it, yeah, it's the kind of mentality that makes us take our time and make sure that we're doing the right thing because we are always like, oh, is that actually gonna be okay? And it's probably quite bad on us because sometimes we should just dive in the deep end yeah. and jump in and just do stuff. But sometimes we're we have to kind of like worry. Whereas if you said, oh, there's a thing next week is for this and you're up against these guys, we've got sweet sick. It's, like, it's second nature to us and yeah. we know exactly how to react, I guess. But as soon as it's like the other thing and people come into us, it's like a different feeling for us because we're still kind of two guys that just make up dances. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. When you look at it like that though, right? That two yeah. guys that just make dances, yeah. just have done what you've done. Fun fact. Our first show, first ever show in 2009, when we wasn't even Tristan Pulse, we were just Ash and Glenn from the Brit School. We performed at our end of year college show, which was at the Shaw Theatre in London. Oh, I was there. Um, oh yeah, you come to that one as well. I did, yeah. So that was 2009. And then our tour that we just finished in Feb 2020, our London date was at the Shaw Theatre. 10 years later. And I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Ah, oh, see, that's what it comes back to with fate, right? And it's like, it's meant to be. And we didn't even say to the promoter, guys, I London the date needs to be at the Shaw Theatre because, you know, 10 years, fate and destiny, that's the way we're going. They just sent us the, the They sent the us the venue. Oh, guys, we just found this venue. What do you think? Book it! Book the venue! <laughs> <laughs> I love how things like that fall into place. Yep. But I think, you know, going from, you know, that's such a high, we literally trace back now. You both had two knockbacks, not getting on the show. You then went on together. You came second. You toured. 
you've done all these amazing things around the world, set a massive name for yourself, you then went back on the show, won, and did your own tour. I think yeah, as man. a journey, obviously that's very condensed, we spoke about it, but that that's what I call winners. You guys are winners. You know, and even if you didn't win or you didn't get your own tour, the fact of where you was to where you are now, where you got to, and the consistency and all the things that have come up, that makes you a winner, right? The fact that you have won just shows you're the best, right? Thanks. No, Thank no, you. No, I no, 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 guys massively, massively inspired me and a lot of people listening and watching this. What I'm going to finish with is both of you individually. What would, uh, or what advice, sorry, would would you give to someone who wants to be a winner in their field? Uh, I'll start with you, Ash, if you want. To be a winner, yeah, I would just say. You have to stick with it and and believe in it. I guess I'm just talking from from like my experience with Twist and Pulse. We started naturally because we had huge passion. Everything we've spoke about in this podcast, we had huge huge passion, and it was fun. We started doing this because we were having fun. We liked the the feeling of having fun, so we stuck with it. And no matter what got in the way, the two times we didn't get through mm -hmm. but we went back for the third why did we go back for the third because we loved what we were doing and we knew it worked and we believed in it sorry yeah, going back to believing if you believe in whatever you're doing and you think it's sick it's gonna it's gonna blow up one day it is and that's the only mindset that we've had and i have personally as well because if you believe in something and you think something is so sick because you think it's amazing there's so many people in this world, at least one other person is going to think exactly the same as you, if not more. So I'd say just believe in some, um, believe in what you're doing and stay consistent. Yeah. Ben? Um, yeah, without saying the same thing, um, for me, to be a winner is, is more kind of in the, as much as what you believe in and what you're passionate about, it's kind of the, the preparation of like, preparing for the win because you you could get we could have got champions the next day and not been ready because we hadn't been doing the things we were doing it doesn't matter what you're doing if it's like you know filmmaking or dancing singing whatever it is like make sure you know what it is that you're doing whether it's like knowing your craft and like learning about stuff so that when you come down to that moment that you need to go for the win that you already have the information we didn't Get, champions didn't pop up and we go oh we need to go take some classes man and like like learn some new bits of style and like oh should we get some to do our costumes like we'd already been doing it so when it came we know how to do our costumes we did the music because we learned how to do music for ourselves so we could do it mm -hmm. we had the studios we'd already had routines like we had so much in place and was prepared to win if you're not prepared then you're just undermining your own like goals do you know what i mean like it doesn't matter what area of expertise it is learn about it so that you can do it when it happens <laughs> do you know what i mean just no, be prepared and learn your craft and know it inside out so also so that you feel confident in it you know what i mean that no one can talk to us about dance and us not know anything about it because we we know about dance we keep in touch with it we look at stuff online we watch people's videos we mm. check out things online we've taken classes for years we've trained so we understand it and we love it. We know about it because we love it. So if you love something, learn about it from everything so that you don't ever get put into a corner going, oh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And you miss out on your win because the winner's mindset starts before the competition does. Yeah. I love those. That was a line. Did you hear that? The last line. Wait, wait. Hold on. Read up. Read up. Read up. Glenn, sorry. Do you want to... Drop that one in again, please. Well, how did I say? I said the winner's mindset starts before the competition does. Oh! I'm getting that on a t-shirt. And I might, have to nick, I might have to nick that, you know? You can have it. <laughs> that, I'll be the brand ambassador. That literally sounds like, I forgot to say, our golden buzzer performance, we, we had a soundbite at the start and we say, we say um, every champion once was a contender Love that. Glenn, don't remember it. Why are you I felt nervous. I felt nervous. You know Every what? champion once was a contender who refused to give up. Then Love we that. said, we're back, twist and pulse, and then we started. No one else 
in the show had a soundbite. Yeah. Sound like also, that. no one really commented on it, but the fact is, it's there because we already knew. We put it there so you knew, like we're contenders. And we didn't give up. We're back. Which was I love awesome. that. We're in business. <laughs> uh, well, you, and you, you did the business because you won <laughs> and you toured, right? And you're still going strong now. Crazy. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, thank you for having us. No, man. no problem. This is for me been so insightful. There's things I haven't even known today. Um, I think people listening to this are going to absolutely love the insight that you've given today. I think you've given some great advice and there's loads that people can take home, including uh, myself. So once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you as guests. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, guys, that was The Crunch today from myself, Luke and Twist and Pulse. See you later. See you later.